Who's Bekistan? Where's Bekistan? Why's Bekistan? How's Bekistan? Beck is in Uzbekistan. What's going good and what's going bad? And she's live from Tashkent, Uzbekistan, in the heart of Central Asia. Hey there, welcome to episode five, season two of Who's Bekistan? Okay, what am I excited about? What am I puzzled by? And how long do I plan to stay? Um, I'm about to get hijacked of what I had planned to talk about today because I'm irritated with the hot water, which is only lukewarm today, and my hair is greasy, and I would really like to wash my hair. I'd gotten a notice that all of the water was supposed to be cut off at lunchtime today until midnight for some kind of maintenance issue. So I'm hoping that it's just a supply and demand issue that with the water about to be cut off, people all of a sudden felt like they had to use it all at the same time or something of that nature. But uh, anyway, more, more on the water situation later, but certainly not feeling good about that. Okay, what am I excited about? So what I'm excited about and what I'm puzzled by are actually the same thing this week. Again, similar to last week. Okay, so in Uzbekistan, I believe in 2016 is when they got a new president that's who ushered in this new era of economic development and allowed for private schools to be opened. And that's why in the past three or four years, there's been this big glut of both private K-12 schools to open and the big expansion in the university sector here with several uh, Western universities opening branches here as well as several other international ones. And I work at one of those that is a small local entrepreneurial university and it has a partner school in the UK. So when the people graduate, they will have a diploma from that UK university in addition to the local degree that they earned. So, you know, it is really exciting that this, this sector, or this sphere, as they call it here, has had this, you know, unprecedented growth and there's all this excitement around education and people seeking a western education people knowing that the schooling they have had was inadequate and wanting to improve that i have heard people say here that the schools here are good up until i believe they said grade seven and then after that's kind of where everything falls apart even though I've only heard one person say that, I'm inclined to believe it because, in general, you know, there's, there's a lot of evidence that people learn stuff in primary school here by evidence of the fact that they know more than one language competently and can read and write both languages. So, you know, clearly, clearly that had to be taught somehow. But, you know, as it goes on up into the higher years and goes on up into the tertiary level, 
that, you know, there's significant corruption, you paid your teacher for your grade, inadequate instruction, I could go on and on and on and on and on. So the fact that they, you know, they do want to improve that is, is great. Uh, several of the universities here have Fulbright teaching scholars. I think that's filling in a necessary gap. believe there are a few ELFs, English language teaching fellows, as part of the State Department's outreach to send qualified ESL instructors into developing countries. Not that I know anything about that program because I applied twice and didn't get it. No, I don't know anything about that program. But anyway, so, yeah, you know, at my school, there's just a lot of buzz and a lot of connections with the business community and, you know, lots of big promotional events, lots of shiny posters, lots of, yeah, just lots of marketing and outreach. And that's very exciting to see schools that are developing and growing is different than something that I have experienced before. Where I am puzzled at this is it's kind of, I feel like I'm in labor. I feel like I'm in labor with this country and, and in this industry that there is a desire for Western education, but there's a lack of understanding what that entails and the work that goes along with that. And with Western education comes expectations of attending class, participating, completing assignments, using, do, submitting your own work rather than copy and paste, and that there is onus on the student and I think sometimes there's a misconception here that engaging teaching means having a clown as a teacher who's up at the front of the room tap dancing for you and I will say I mean a, a tap dancing clown is an improvement over the dominant forms of education here in the past however a tap dancing clown is only one step that really when we talk about engaging, innovative, interactive teaching, that really means planning activities for the students to do, opportunities for students to engage with the material, opportunity for students to have approximations in learning new material. Uh, opportunities for interaction with students and brainstorming and bouncing ideas off of, of each other and working together to create different things. It's not a listening model. It's an activity model. And that is my definition of Western education, is that it's learning by doing, learning through interaction with everyone, not just a tap dancing clown as a teacher. So I, I wish, you know, I could help with the, the, the information piece of that to the community here, understanding if you want a degree from a Western university, this is how this is going to be different 
than before, and you're going to be doing a different type of work and a different caliber of work that needs to be your own. So that's just very puzzling to me, the kind of the sentiment here. I'm a student here. Just give me my fancy piece of paper. So I'm kind of I'm kind of wrestling with that and figuring out how to navigate that. I do really like the school that I work at because it has a, a very cushy schedule and, and the people are nice. So but definitely, you know, trying to make peace with the expectations of the students where it's like the students have very high expectations of the teacher that they want to tap dancing clown but there are very low requirements, very low expectations for students that, you know, they can just attend when they feel like it. They can sit there and play on their phones when they feel like it. They can wander in and out of class when they feel like it and, and things of that that are disruptive and counterproductive to a, to a solid education. So, how long do I plan to stay? You know, things are generally rolling in a good direction. Uh, I'm coming off of a bad eye infection that started last week. I'm on day eight of that is finally improving, but that's been very frustrating. My hot water is frustrating me or the lack thereof. But, you know, but other than that, jobs are going well. Uh, friends are generally going well. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm rolling rolling into year two and we'll we'll see if I make it to the end of year two and what happens beyond that. So yeah, so in closing, you know, the country here, it's a boom town, particularly in the education sphere and in other spheres. Um, but you gotta where the rubber meets the road, you gotta have the goods to deliver. So we'll see what happens next. Whoever you are, wherever you are listening from, I'm happy you're listening and to share in the journey of learning about the wonderful city of Tashkent in the wonderful country of uh, in the wonderful country of Uzbekistan in the heart of the wonderful continent of Asia dead center okay uh, thanks for tuning in and make sure to share out look forward to seeing you next time <music>